Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or a subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. say that the theater is open. Well, virtually open. Okay, okay. (laughs) So Royal MTC has the mountaintop currently on stage, virtually, starring these two amazing actors. So let's bring them on in, Teresa Richards and Ray Strachan. So, so good to see both of you. Welcome to Hewitt Home. And, you know, normally I, you know, was very fond of always going to the media calls and seeing that, you know, two-minute little scene done five times as we all got our shots and then, you know, getting to do the sit-down chat with, the, with an actor. Well, I'm almost getting to do that today. But uh, let's get into it right now, the mountaintop. And, of course, I'm going to guess go to Ray because you've got the big role to play here, Martin Luther King Jr., um, what was that experience like for you, Ray, in this kind of world of virtual um, and not really being able to be able to perform in front of a live audience? Yeah, it's uh, it was exciting, amazing, weird. Uh, I, I get to do the most known role. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's the bigger role. We share this play 50-50. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's daunting playing the role of MLK. And like I said, exciting uh, due to the fact that Katori Hall's written such a beautiful play and I get to play him as a human being. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be the guy that you see on the interviews and you see doing the speeches. I get to be a guy who kicks his shoes off, has holes in his socks and just gets to be a, a man who's flawed. And was that hard for you, Ray? I mean, really, realistically, I mean, there's been so many different incarnations of that character. And then how do you kind of figure and get into side his head of just being... A normal person yeah it's 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 a lot of research as an actor i tend to try and find those personal ties i have with each character i play uh and obviously to the extremes i don't know what it's like to be a civil rights leader and i don't know what it's like to live in 1960s america but i do know what it's like to be a black man living in a country who discriminates against the color of your skin uh, mm-hmm. i do know what it's like to be away from my family and not be able to help them if danger does come so you know there's uh, you try and make those ties and Mm-hmm. At the same time, you try and make him as human a- a- as possible. And uh, I think it's it's a positive thing these times because it shows people that you don't have to be an iconic person to to be part of the movement. Oh, most definitely. And now for you, Sharisa, your character, Kamei, and she, may I say, does command a lot of the stage and a lot of the play. Yeah, she's a great, 
really beautiful, sassy, fiery character. I feel like Tori Hall has written, it's one of the most uh, well-rounded, fully formed, complex black women characters that I've uh, ever been read in a script and gotten the pleasure to play. I think Katori Hall has really written something beautiful with this. It's one of my favorite plays. It's been on my radar for the last 10 years and it's uh, one of those dream roles that have been on my uh, bucket list to play. So I'm really glad that I had a chance to play it because Kemi is just, it's really, it's such a delicious character for an actor to get to sink her teeth into. And uh, I'm really fortunate to get to play her. Now did for you, Sharisa, did any of what's happened in 2020, and not talking about COVID and the pandemic, uh, but talking about women, talking about black women, talking about women of color, um, did this add to your kind of arsenal into yeah. playing Kamei? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the, the great thing about this play is that, you know, it's you know, the, the topic of, uh, you know, the way Black Lives Matter and, and the movement that we're in is, is, is seems to be a sick, tragically a cyclical thing that, uh, you know, this, our, our fight for civil rights has been going on for years and it still continues. And I think we will always be fighting it. And uh, so, you know, it's timely. It's, and it's even more timely after George Floyd's death. And, uh, you know, I was saying in an inner, previous interview that I think if MLK was alive today, he'd be equal parts amazed and and horrified that this fight is still going on. But uh, yeah, I think what the, what Katori Hall, the playwright, has written with Cam May is, you know, really highlighted the Black women's, uh, you know, burden that they have, she has to, to, to care for others. And, 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 you know, this woman is not just your typical you know, black female character, but she is so complex and she has so much going on with her and has have so many objectives and she's fighting for so much that it's 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 great to have so many tools to play with and so many places to go and, and it's really exciting. And, wow. and quite challenging. No, oh my goodness, no doubt. So Ray, when you're faced obviously with a very strong female character like Kamei, in your own mind too, in your own character, is it kind of good to kind of just kind of sit back and watch it all or? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it, it's amazing uh, as a, as an actor to watch another actor uh, with such strength take on that role and just go with it and roll with it. And I do get to, to sit back as an actor and watch Sharissa uh, just embody this character and then go. Well, I was about to say a term that probably wouldn't be correct. Uh, just go full out. <laughs> Full out. That's the clean way of saying it with this character. But as an actor, she is uh, as a as a character. MLK. He's constantly being challenged mm -hmm. uh, by this hotel motel worker about his his his, um, his mission, his purpose in life. So he never really gets to sit back and 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 really take it in. He is constantly being challenged by her. His his views of the world are being challenged by her all the time, which makes it really exciting, actually. And we can kind of roll that into what's really happening in our world today, right? In essence, we are all being really challenged in our own beliefs, um, in our rights, and, you know, and, and how we live and, and who we even associate with, too. So mm -hmm. it's really interesting in how timely this play really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just, you know, uh, we, we just finished off Black History Month and mm -hmm. definitely coincided with that. Uh, but we are in a, a huge shift, you know, with the pandemic, it's allowed us or it's made us 
mm-hmm. sit and, and really take in the world and the condition of the world that we're in, uh, especially in regards to money and the poverty gap and how that's really pe- put people in a bind, especially with, with the pandemic here now. Uh, so it, it's, it's a play that allows us to reflect on where we are and what we can do as human beings, yeah. uh, how we can, uh, to steal a term from the play, pick up that baton, be a part of the movement uh, in any fashion, any way, any size role. Uh, Sharissa, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm spin, or taking up on that too as well and on moving forward, roles for black people, especially black women in the theater. Um, obviously, we want to see more of it. Do you see this happening? Are there more plays written? Are there more roles coming? I know it's yeah. kind of slow, but yeah. I mean, now is the time for us to find those stories. And I think theaters have the responsibility to find those characters, to find those stories and and do the, the research and outreach needed to find these voices. And I think we have a responsibility as Black uh, artists and theater makers to bring those stories forward as well. I mean, you know, Ray and I have been uh, trying to get Winnipeg to do this show for quite some time. We've both been, you know, really passionate about it ever since uh, I moved back here about five years ago. Ray and I connected and we love the show and and we're really pushing for theaters to do this. And, And I think that's, you know, we have agency as performers and as artists to approach theaters with stories that need to be told. And, you know, thankfully, uh, MTC rose to the challenge and decided to to uh, put this one on. And, and and it's, you know, it's stories like this that need to be told more often. And, and stories like this with characters that are so fully formed and have so nuanced. And I think we need more of that. We need to be writing our own stories as people of color so that we have more of our stories out there. And we also need to be like finding those stories and theaters need to be working together with artists of color to really bring those stories to the fore. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, I think totally agree with that. Ray, I was going to now go to, um, going back to when we used to come for media calls, this was all shot uh, by Frank Digital, I believe. So what was the whole process of that like as an actor, as opposed to you're out there, the, you feel the energy of all that audience going back and forth? Yeah, as an actor, the process, you know, uh, COVID protocols aside, mm-hmm. um, in rehearsals was almost to the T of what we usually do. We had mm-hmm. time to rehearse, really mind the play, look into the play, play off each other in the rehearsal hall before we moved to the stage. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to the stage and then it got kind of different. <laughs> uh, we had people went walking around trying to figure out camera angles. And then on the day that we recorded it, we did the show twice. Uh, uh, we had to stop for some technical difficulties with yeah. sweat and microphones. And of course, like you said, we don't get to play with the audience, which is a thing I miss a uh, hundred and whatever percent. Uh, you can't replace that. No. Uh, and I'm not talking about the size of the audience. It's not to do with the size and the size of the theater. It has to do with performing with an audience there and working off each other and listening to each other and being there with each other and being in that shared space. Uh, you can't replicate that. Uh, it, it's different with me watching it from my living room uh, with my partner and my dogs. It's, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, that symbiosis of audience and actor is, you know, when you're filming something like this, a play, you know, it's it's so apparent how necessary that relationship is and how much, you know, you crave that as, as an actor. But I, I will say that, you know, 
uh, I've never clung to my fellow actor and connected <laughs> to a fellow actor in the way that, that I felt that Ray and I were connecting during this process because we only had each other, right? We didn't have an audience to play off of. So it was a real uh, deep, I felt a really deep connection as we went through this play and, and we really uh, relied on each other to stay in the moment, to stay connected, to fight for what we wanted as our characters. And, and it was a really beautiful thing to be able to do that. I think it was yeah. the most connected I've probably ever been to another actor on stage in that way when you only have each other, right? Well, you know, yeah, I think they're, we're just gonna cross the borders between uh, plays and film and, the, and, and movies and it's all gonna be blended into one. But um, I, yeah, I, I would imagine, you're right, Teresa, that when it's only you and Ray on the stage, it's just you two, uh, so it can really create some really intimate moments and, and powerful moments. So I, I really do agree on that. Um, you know, maybe just I'm going to throw this out here because it was really interesting. Teresa, you spoke very passionately about more people of color writing their, you know, writing their stories and, and actors of color going to the theater companies, companies and saying, look at it, these works. Would we be able to maybe see, and maybe it's not the right thing, but to create uh, a theater for black people? It's a good question. You know, I think uh, since George Floyd's death, I've really, um, my advocacy and my art has have really been connecting in ways that they perhaps weren't before. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, as you know, uh, probably one of the older black actors in the city, uh, I am really realizing how necessary it is to have a theater of color in our, in our town. We don't have one. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's the right move. I, I always think that people of color find, you know, having more people of color in positions of power, such as owning their mm -hmm. own theater is a great thing. And uh, I, I think th that's definitely a direction. There's also, you know, uh, having artistic directors of color, like black, mm -hmm. a black artistic director would be such a welcome thing in our city um, but it is it is our responsibility as people of color and the you know these predominantly white institutions to come together and try to figure out how to create this work and find this work and and develop this work if it's not mm -hmm. if the work you know if they're like well there's no there's no plays out there people of color first of all that's not true there's plenty but also it's our jobs as institutions uh, in this cities as you know especially the theatrical institutions have been around for as long as they have, like MTC, to, to work together with the community to find these stories and, 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 and develop new writers, you know, and, and create works that uh, properly represent the, the city that we live in. So to be able to attract new audiences who perhaps don't feel like they have a home here at these theaters and only by seeing themselves on stage and having people of color behind, you know, behind the scenes mm -hmm. as writers, as directors, as leaders in the community is the way to really bring the, the, these audiences into the theaters and, and, and perhaps this medium of film is also more accessible to people of color and to have them to create new audiences that way as well. So, you know, it's pretty positive. Yeah, no, I do agree. And I'm glad. So I just thought I'd, I'd throw that out there. And to wrap things up, Ray, I guess for you and all things considered, what was the most or biggest takeaway for you from being in the mountaintop? Biggest takeaway. Uh, before I get into that, I'd just like to add on to that. Um, I think uh, due to the pandemic and due to people coming home, we have now seen a, a large amount of, of people of color and specifically black talent in Winnipeg mm -hmm. of all ages. Before, 
when I was getting into the biz, I had to go to Toronto to find a mentor, to find other black actors to relate to. Uh, this year alone, uh, so many, uh, so much black talent has been unearthed in Winnipeg. So many, so much young talent coming out of university, going into university, in high school. The, the demographics are changing. So I think now, uh, of all times, is an optimal time to start a black theater. The black voice is strong in Winnipeg, and it's time to uh, come together. And in regards to... <laughs> What I've gotten out of, wow, I just used that as my pedestal. Yes. Speaking of MLK. Wow. Yeah. See, see yeah. what happens? I still get, I got to get rid of this mustache. I, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll play Drake next. I don't know. <laughs> power's still there. But to come out of this, this play, um, I never realized how much of a call to action it is for the audience. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, I got to... To, to delve into black history, into MLK, into the black struggle, uh, into my own black identity. But about this play, it is such a call to action for the people in the audience at this time uh, to, to step up. If you do want to get to the mountaintop, if we do want to get to a place of equality, love, uh, anti-racism, anti-black, anti-poverty, anti-war, we all have to step up. And we don't have to worry about being at the level of MLK. Do what we can, get that momentum going, and we can get there. Uh, so that's what I got out of the plate doing it this time. Uh, yeah. And I think that message of legacy, passing on that baton, is a real is a real uh, important message in this play of like, every, you know, future generations and other people picking up this message and this, you know, the the mantra and the mantle and and passing it on as, and fighting for what they want and passing it along as well. Oh well. Well, thank you, Ray and Sharisa. And I'll just say that, yes, we're gonna, Mantle is going to have their newest Black People Theatre and <laughs> introducing these co-directors, I, I think, <laughs> right? So I, we just need a board and to pass it, and I will pass it, the motion, and you just bring, bring, all, all, those, bring on all those young actors. Yes. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much to both of you. Um, and you can see The Mountaintop. It runs until March 14th. And you can go to the website, royalmtc.ca, for tickets and all the details. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ilikeyou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.